it's Wednesday. A, it's a Wednesday. It's 11 a.m. Perfect. Yeah, I'm literally Just... halfway sitting up on my bed. On my bed. Oh, uh, you haven't gotten out of bed yet? No, no, I got up very early. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, <sighs> I have a, it has been a weird week of like, you know, last week it rained the whole week and then I found my, my body was in a really crazy place over the weekend where I was having incredibly deep sleeps with the crazy dreams mm. and um so yes I can imagine getting out of bed at 11 seems not so bad that's one you were sleeping until 11 no but you know getting there I I yeah yeah um I think Sunday morning I woke up around 10 and I or no that's not true but I went to bed quite early on Saturday night because I spent the entire day with friends from who were in town from Toronto, Robert Benet and his boyfriend Spencer, oh, yeah. and a friend of theirs, Sarah, who they went to the National Ballet School with. And I spent the whole day with them. We had lunch, we walked around, and then we talked, 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 and we ended up spending so much time that we ended up at dinner. And we had, oh, we had no. Japanese food for dinner. And then I did go home after that. And I have to say, like, it was a lot of being outside at a temperature that's not quite warm enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyways, my body was like, get under the covers and stay there forever. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. It was great. It was truly great. But I had to get up quite early this morning because I was doing um, a a lecture or a conversation, whatever you want to call it, with students in Finland. Oh. Yeah. Finland. They're part of a costume design program in Helsinki, and they had been to see a performance of the ballet there where they're doing a Justin Peck piece we designed many years ago and their professor asked that we do a conversation with them. Harriet is unfortunately on the west coast so it would have been untenable for her to attend the lecture. It would have been 5.30 her time so it was me. Just me. 5.30 yeah, in the morning. Yeah, that's okay. So that's okay. I I did an eight thirty a.m. lecture and slideshow, and it was fun. And they had great questions, and seemed very engaged in the process in a way that, you know, points towards students with lots of information. Great. Yeah. Uh the power of of the internet. To connect us all. Yeah. I sent them, actually. It was... I did a smart thing, which is that I made a... I made a a PowerPoint lecture in whatever the Apple version of that is called. Do you know? Um... The Apple version. Oh, um... Keynote? Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I made... Because there's also, like, a Google version. Ugh. Called, no, sh- I don't know. Oh, like no. sheets or pages oh. or something. I don't know. Oh. I feel like well, does no matter. I made a keynote lecture and I sent it to them in advance so that they could project the keynote lecture on their end, and so they would have a very clear mm-hmm. visual because it had a couple of videos. Um. Anyways, 
it was ve- it was a train <laughs> it was a train of thought of my own devising that worked through topics of color topics of contextualizing through space and history and process in general and it was fun and jack popped up in it a number of times <laughs> um was this basically your um your application to grad school oh very different it was... <laughs> <laughs> but i guess i could have just used that yeah just show that video it's... um but yeah anyways how was your morning what a morning what a morning what a morning well how was my morning um so you know we bought a house oh my god so um it's been a morning of figuring out when we're gonna move which it looks like november 4th is the date Coming right up. Coming right up. And that um, means like a truck is going to take all your things out of your apartment. Um, and it means a, it. Tr- a truck will be loaded with our stuff. And then we'll drive it away. Are you doing the manual labor? It's unclear. I think, I think we're going to try to organize this ourselves. So if you want to help move some boxes into a truck. I can absolutely walk up and down stairs over and over again. Not you, not you, Reed. Uh, our young listeners, if they want to help. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I see. But I can also... Um, yeah, I mean, because part of it is, A of all, not moving to another apartment. So that feels great. Um, B of all, just moving stuff downstairs and not upstairs because of that. And then, yeah. and then driving, you know, like a couple hours and uh, moving it into a house. They're very different. You're going to need a big truck. Dynamic. Um, yeah, it's unclear. It's unclear. You have a lot of stuff. How big the truck should be. Pretty big. But, um. Pretty big. But I've, I've, I've boxed up most of the books, oh which is, God. you know, and I've taken apart shelves and. So this has a finality to uh, it that I'm feeling very uncomfortable with. That's very, very sad to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it doesn't, it doesn't feel, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm in denial or what. Um, I think, I think I have, I'm very much open to the possibility that we will in, maybe in six months or something, get another apartment in the city. Wait, I if, have a question. If it's needed but or to, wanted. You're, okay, you're, you're ending your contract on this apartment in, <laughs> in November. Yes, our contract is going to be ended. Yes, and <laughs> if you were to come back to the city, where will you stay? Uh... What do you mean? Like, if you're staying overnight to see a show, have a meeting, where will you stay? Wherever. Or we won't. Jeremy. What what do people do when they come to... (laughs) I know. I mean, yeah. Okay. We won't have an apartment. So, this is sort of, you know, but I, I... If... If I feel like 
or if we feel like we want to be in the city more, which I doubt, or if it just like makes sense work-wise. I can't believe this. uh, Well, but, you know, everyone has basically thought that we live upstate for the past three years, so... That's true. Um, that's, that's uh, sort uh, of... I'm jealous, and I'm, but I'm also upset, and I'm also happy for you. It's like so many things happening at once, but I... Well, it, you should also feel like you're getting a house, you know? Uh, how am I going to get there? You just take the train. We pick you up. Okay. Get your license. Yeah, I should do that. I mean... This is just pointing to a lot of ways in which I'm... I'm not prepared for adulthood. I will say that our mortgage is $1,400 a month. It's incredible. (laughs) And I can also say that this apartment is being rented out for $4,250 a month. That's disgusting. Um, A parade parade of interested parties came by yesterday. Disgusting. I have a question. Go for it. Because it's a home, you don't have maintenance fees, do you? No, but you pay taxes, which are included in this, this, uh, in this, uh, this what? $1,400 what? number. Really? So, you know, what's not included is, like, electric and gas, gas water. and uh, uh, water is... What is the water situation? No. I think the, the water is... We have a well... Oh my god! But this, this, I don't know what. I mean, I think probably like the sewage is, <laughs> is like city. I don't know. Well, I don't I, know. I um, wish you well. <laughs> you know, there's endless like, miscellaneous, this and that. I but. can't. I, I really need to get my act together. Well, do you. Do you want to not live in the city? No, I want. I want to. I want to live in the city, and also. I would like to, I would like to have a home with space, you know. Where well, I you can... have a very, like, what has been made clear by this, this, like, renting is evil. Yeah. But you have, like, a a kind of, like... Unusual situation. Uh, yeah. You have a kind of, like, loophole magic situation where you're not paying... Uh, rent. You're kind of you're kind of just paying, whatever you said earlier. Uh, I I mean I paid the nine, like nine hundred dollars a month. I know, but the people pay that for like their like gym memberships. Their like month. No, but like if you own a co op or whatever, you know those things. Like the people pay or like rent a a a condo. Like their maintenance things are like that much money. Of course, I know, I know, I know. So, in that, also for your location, it's it's, it's crazy. It's so unheard of. But this idea of like giving someone four thousand dollars a month. I mean, and then I just moving mean, out at the end. It's a nice, it's crazy. But I mean, come on. It's insane. You know, watching Isaac Mizrahi make an egg white frittata for fifteen minutes on Instagram yesterday. Mm. really pushed me to a place of like in that I, kitchen I in need the, a in home. the Hamptons kitchen well he's in the New York City kitchen which is even oh, more okay. extravagant and wow. I really was like wow I need I I mean 
so different. I mean, multiple ovens, multiple sinks, gorgeous refrigerator, ice cream maker on the counter. I mean, that was that was the New York City apartment. The frittata. I didn't see the frittata, so I'm not sure exactly which video, but there was a video where he's like, I use this, just because you have something doesn't mean you need to use it all the time. Yeah, that's the, ice, that's the, that's the New York apartment, I think. Wow. I know. That's crazy to me. Um, I don't, I don't know that I believe that. You should go back to the videos. Like there's a market, wow. the, the Hamptons kitchen is, um, is I think similar in its kind of surfaces, but it's not as like. Not quite as well appointed, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh wow. But yes, I mean, this house... I mean, this is this has obviously been going on for a couple of months, yeah. which has been very fast. We did not that expect to That was really fast! So quickly, but... Um, oh my everything, god! Uh, everything uh, oh. just lined up. <laughs> and the house is... It's very... I don't know. You've seen photos, Reed. Not How would really. you characterize this? Oh, you haven't really. I mean, I guess have. I have, and also I can't remember them because maybe I refuse. It was an act of refusal. <laughs> it's a Dutch colonial revival um, uh, with a with a gamble gamble roof, which is uh, you I, don't know, I don't know what, what that any is. of these what things What is mean, a gamble roof? <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of barn barn Barney. Yeah, oh my god, like a, I live a in a box. I live in a box. I live in a box. <laughs> and all I want uh, is to be able to one day choose, pick out, imagine this, pick out a refrigerator. Oh, I'm going to cry. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I, so I've been obsessed with this, um, this how uh, uh what is this channel called this youtube channel it's it's about these french people buying the chateau it's i'm sure you've seen my this. french chateau or something <laughs> it's called like how to renovate it. i think it's called how to renovate a, a chateau or something i like can't that. believe this okay have you watched this I've, it's a couple is it an they're an not American french couple? um she's british he's mysterious Oh, right. And there's like an episode about the pool. No. I don't think so. Are you there's sure? There's no pool. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure because I watched the more recent posts and they they did talk like, oh, we'd put a pool over there. Oh, okay. Well, I believe so, I've dabbled, but there's actually more than one chateau. There's, there's endless... Ch- I think if you put chateau... On your YouTube page, you I get mean, like a honestly, million followers. All the these British and American people are rushing to France to buy sh- chateaus. But in let shambles. me just say, Shamble let me chateaus. just say, this, like I I had watched a video of theirs like years ago, which maybe like a year or two ago because I don't think they've been doing it that long. But, um, where they were installing a a wood burning stove, uh-huh. and then I didn't I didn't care. To watch more at that point. But I have like really been totally, I've totally fallen under their spell. I also think that they've, he's a filmmaker. So there's, and like, it's so charming. And she is, I'm, I literally feel like she is one of the most talented, hardworking people I've ever seen. It is, like she's, She's building 
bed frames. Oh, she's wow. like upholstering. She's so upholstering can... them. She's making hand painted tiles. She's making hand printed wallpaper. Where is she firing she's... the tiles? What? Where is she, she putting? Where so she the goes to like she goes to like a a clay studio and she's like, this is what I want to do and they've wow. made them. Wow. She paints them and they, you know, and you can see. You can see, like they they have like they have YouTube success so and you know they bought the chateau with the idea of like renting it out and then well like a and whole, also whole monetizing, pandemic monetizing it as social media influencers who bought a chateau which yeah I'm and sure I don't helps. think they I don't think that was part of the original plan you should but do it that just has happened two poor well, gays buy a house in Germantown <laughs> well this is very much not a house that can be rented so. No, well, but, I mean, just you know, say, it's like, a starter we house want to watch the transformation knows. on YouTube, you know? Yeah, I have been thinking about doing that. <gasps> and I, I like the way that they do it. Like, they, this, the, the husband is so charming. It's crazy. Oh, God. It's crazy. Well, I'm going to have to lay my eyes on this, and then I'm going to lose a whole chunk of my life. Uh, yeah, I just watched, like, a an hour-long, like, YouTube live where they're just answering people's questions. I, I, I'm like, I'm obsessed with these people. I don't, I don't know what to say. He's really charming and like clever. Yeah. And she is like tremendously talented. And you like so, the look of it. You like what they've done with the place, as you say. Absolutely. Her taste is so impeccable. And she gets her way because she is in charge and she's she's doing the work you know and he plays this kind of like um uh, like he can't measure correctly and you know it's a very self-deprecating and he he's obviously like editing these videos and there's like drone comedy and there's like this I don't know if he's a relative, like a nephew or something, character, and there's this carpenter character. I I really love the kind of, the development of, like, a, a and they, they, they put them out as, as, like, kind of TV episodes. Like, there's an intro where she talks about how she was a fashion textile designer and worked for Balmain and oh, France and, like, taste. you know, she's chic. Um, yeah, these people have been around the finer things. And th- I just watched an episode where they go into like one of the outbuildings because this used to be like a a Calvados apple orchard mm. place, and they find they find some bottles with uh with uh Calvados in it, and, and they drink it, and they, they do like it's tremendous. Wow, because it's just been in there for like. 50 plus years well you know i think i mean I don't so drink, good i don't drink wine but they do say that old wine isn't doesn't necessarily equate to good wine certainly not this isn't wine but um it is an alcoholic beverage right 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 um it's a, a spirit it's made um, from apples calvados mm-hmm. it's made from apples but there's you know and the, it was a situation where the i I've never seen this done with apples. It's usually done with pears, and I'm not sure if it was a pear or an apple inside this bottle. But, you know, there's a thing where, like, you grow the the fruit inside the bottle, so it's, like, f- fermented in. 
Um, and that was the case with these that they found. There were Grow. pears or apples, which would make more sense. Grow the fruit in the bottle? Yeah, so basically you like attach the bottles to the tree so that the the fruit actually grows inside the bottle. Oh my god. Yeah. Like the sh- does it become the shape of the bottle? No. Oh. You know, at some point you you take it off the tree oh. and fill it with the the Oh, I understand what liquid. you mean. They literally put it through Grow. the small hole of the bottle. Yeah, so before it's too big, they stick the bottle onto like oh. the the that's wonderful flower or whatever in a bottle vibes yeah yeah i was learning this week because and i I had the thought several weeks ago when i stuck a couple stems of basil in a cup in water and (laughs) soon enough they all had roots and uh, they were thriving in there and i thought interesting so i transplanted the basil to soil and within days it was no longer doing well and yeah. so I learned recently that like many, perhaps most houseplants can do perfectly well in water and not soil. Yeah, but they do need nutrients at some point. That's not what I heard. But, <laughs> but yeah, you can often just like put the roots into water and, you know, just change the water sometimes. Well, that would bring new nutrients in gorgeous as well but also i love the idea of not having any plants and dirt in my home just water plants yeah i mean a lot of house plants certainly you can you they will grow roots often you would like like i'm doing that with some of these cheap cheap plants um you can like duplicate them (laughs) right (laughs) that's not what it's called certainly cloning it propagate Cloning at home. Propagate, I think, is the word. Um, um, yeah. Wow. Incredible. So. I killed all my plants, as you know, when I went to San Diego. And when I came back and they were all absolutely destroyed out on the fire escape, I thought, that's too bad. And then I just left <laughs> the pots out there all summer long. Yeah. And... Then a couple little leaves popped up on my yeah, on my yeah. fig plant, and now it's yeah. growing. I have four yeah. little yeah. leaves. Now they're very close. They're right next to this stalk, a stalk of death. You know, it looks like dark, mm. dark crystal, like the bad guys. But down at the base of it are four leaves, and I'm wondering how and when they're going to grow up. I need them to start going up on a stalk they're just i'm concerned at how close they are to the soil uh well i think i think you should well winter's coming so you'll have to intervene in some way well they're way. inside they're doors oh they're inside now yeah, they're inside. i still so i put all my plants outside too and just said good luck um this year this summer they and, love being outside they and love- now i'm like it has to stay warm enough before we move because I don't want to bring them back into the apartment. I also do not want to take the air conditioners out oh. until I can just take them out and put them in a truck. Right, 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 right. right. So the weather is cooperating so, so far. far. You just have a couple weeks to go, but three weeks yeah. to be exact. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Uh. Well, we have to have a final something gathering yeah we're gonna all everyone you're all invited 
November 4th, come to our apartment, grab a box, <laughs> carry it down the stairs. You will be offered water in a paper cup. From the straight from the faucet. Water straight from the faucet. From our faucet. Yeah, it's New York beautiful New York water. The best there is. Oh my god, that just reminded me of this amazing <laughs> Um, well, A of all, all the millions of times I've had to help friends move and move myself in New York where you're just yeah. like, you're bleeding by the end of the day. And also like, you know, you've destroyed your entire spine. But there was this interview where Sherry O'Terry went on the Ellen show years ago. And I don't know what Sherry O'Terry was promoting. Perhaps nothing. <laughs> but Sherry O'Terry was told a story one of the most incredible stories i've ever heard about hearing a sound in the wall of their house Mm. and and it was a sound unlike anything she'd ever heard and it was kind of like a and it was coming from inside the wall of the Uh house so after a long time of not understanding what it was they had some kind of specialist come to the house and sort of do some what's that called research no what what do detectives do uh to detect stuff detection to figure out (laughs) what was behind the wall inspections and it was determined that behind the wall were bees 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 Mm. and so they had Mm. bees living in the walls of their home wow And it was quite a process to get the bees removed. But in doing so, what they were left with... Oh, God, someone's calling. Do you hear it? A a house made of honey. I don't hear it. Oh, good. I I, I, I X'd the call. So what they were left with was the honeycomb and the honey. And so then from beside the chair, Sherry O'Terry after telling this insane Uh story, lifts up a jar full of honey (gasps) and goes, straight from my wall, this is a gift of honey for you, Ellen. I I watched that clip over and over. Incredible. Straight from my wall. Wow, honey. Wow, wow. Okay, Um, have you you seen the trailer to Megan? (laughs) Megan? (laughs) There's a new movie um, with... uh, uh, the, the girl, the Williams girl from Girls, what is her name? Allison. Allison Williams. Uh huh. Right. Yep. The the daughter of some. Brian Williams. Brian Williams. The news. Um, which I think she was made for like these horror movies because you really like want her to die. Yeah. It's so she's tremendous. Um, yeah, it's basically a kind of AI movie where she has, she has created this robot child doll oh. who, uh, is, is, I think supposed to protect this other girl, like this real, real girl. How old um, is this child robot? Um, uh, I'm going to say like 12. This is fascinating. So sounding and, a lot like AI. Okay, go on. Yes, except then it's just like a horror movie where like basically this doll is like killing people to protect this 
the other child. <laughs> this child, yeah. Oops. Um, and but she does this incredible dancing. That's the twelve-year-old. Uh, the the uh, robot. The, the the robot. I can't wait. Yeah, it looks so incredible. Ugh. Okay. So well, excited. You, you missed the Kate Berlant show. I did. Oh. But rumor has it it's going to come back around. Oh, that's probably true. It did real well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, maybe I'll come back into the city now okay. that I live out of the city. Yeah, you're welcome <laughs> to stay over. I'll get an air mattress for you. Yeah. Listen, everyone was like, everyone has been like, well, you'll just stay with me. So I, I. Look, I'm the last person that you'd want to stay with because you know. Well, how. except primo location. Primo location. You know that I will attend to you, but you will not have your own room. Right. I'll because, feed, feed you well, right. but God knows, oh, unless you're sleeping so nice. in the kitchen or the bathroom. But you know what's nice? The idea of like a, a sleepover, slumber party, waking up on King Street or whatever yeah. you are, and yeah. then like wandering around and getting like a coffee. A pastry and a coffee. Oh, heaven. You could go get the real cronut, the original, just a block away at Dominique Ansel. Gorgeous. Yeah, and sometimes there's no line. So that's, sometimes. it's a really, also like, taking a train to another train is not ideal. So um, oh, the I idea love, of oh, like. But you know the one train is being on the in the corner. city. You just pop, yeah, so easy. pop so on easy. the one to Penn Station. Gorgeous. Yeah. Oh. I had a, I took the train the other week but wait do you think do you imagine you'll be taking the train to poughkeepsie or to rhine i'll be taking the amtrak from hudson probably rich rich anybody rich okay the amtrak to hudson it's like 40 dollars or something goodness it varies well you know my last experience with train was taking the metro north to poughkeepsie and thinking wow amtrak's nice Oh, yeah, I can't remember the last... I must have taken, like, a, a Metro North to, like, a a, 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 a a Beacon, New York, or something. Yeah, it does that. Some hundred it years is, ago. It is cheaper. Yeah. For sure. It's the... Yeah, it's the commuter. Um, but I think, yeah, it, goes, it only goes to Poughkeepsie. Um, I have a story. About trains? No. Planes? Not even. Automobiles? It's about a performance. <gasps> a performance story. And I'm wondering if you've caught wind of it yet. No. Okay. Where are you? I'm in, in the office. You're in the apartment in New York City? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, Jeremy. And I, 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 I regret that I did not run home and journal and write down (laughs) everything that happened because I'm going to do my best right now to tell you what happened. And it's going to, a lot of language is going to be lost because as you know, I don't remember words very well. Mm. Well, Um, Take your time. Okay. I'll do my best. So last week, I wanted to go see Yvonne Rayner's show, knowing it was sold out, and also the last yeah, Yvonne also Rayner knowing show. that it was the last Yvonne Rayner show. So, and I this past year, you may or may not know this, but 
I read her memoir with mm-hmm. Russell, and we did a two-part book club on this very podcast, podcast, podcast about it. Do you know what episodes those were? God only knows. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I go to, like, label the episode, I'm like, 120 and then I'm like it's like two something oh yeah yeah we're well on our way to 300 it's crazy okay so it's in the 200s for sure 270 something Mm, earlier than that but at any rate oh yes the Russell episode yeah two episodes with Russell Jansen talking about feelings or facts the Yvonne Rayner memoir excellent book long read it's a long read (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> so i i was instructed to call on the at one o'clock on the day of the show oh right you were like rushed you didn't have tickets no right i didn't have a ticket you were gonna rush it right so and you'd think as journalists i would have been offered a ticket it's <laughs> <laughs> quite rude rude so i called at one o'clock and they said, okay, you're on the wait list. I said, thank you so much. I went about my day. I show up um, at 7 o'clock. Show's at 7.30. And they say, we can get you off the wait list right now. Because we, we have two options for you. We're, we're opening up a small number of floor seats. And we also have like a return ticket for $75. But the floor seats are $20. And, I, you know, I know what this means. Like, you're, you're sitting on a cushion. On a cushion, On yeah. the floor. And so I said... Wait, wait, did you mean you said this? Where was this? Nyla. Nyla. And oh, I just okay. have to say, and I'm sorry, Nyla, I appreciate the work that you do. I appreciate having worked in your space. To charge $75 for tickets because there's, like, a demand for them is a that is a broadway practice and it's evil and i'm sorry but like that is not the mission of these organizations that are not for profit showing esoteric dance so get your act together and how dare you because well what were the price of the ticket not 75 dollars wow yeah so they were like we're scamming the people who didn't plan in advance and i'm like fuck you New York Live Arts, that's a fucking scam. Okay. Yeah, not great. I really... These organizations that are, like, trying to participate in, like, thinking of structures to support what is, like, the most impoverished arts community, no, that is crazy. So, anyways, I was very mad. So I said, I will pay $20 for a floor seat. So I I get the floor cushion. I go in... And much, I'm very lucky because a, a woman I know named Carolyn, who I've danced with <clears throat> in a Cunningham workshop, works for Nell Shelby Productions and was filming the performance and had, was sitting in the front row and had a chair directly next to them that was designated as like for their equipment or something, mm-hmm. but they weren't using it. So I got to sit next to them on a real chair. Great. So I sit next to Carolyn the first half of the show is a film Yvonne made in 2002 about like the rise of fascism at the end of the 19th century in like Austro-Hungary and like 
Schoenberg and like all of and it's honestly like pairing all these dense passages of text next to rehearsal footage from a process she was working on in 2002 absolutely so incredibly dense and dry I immediately passed out I was like there's no (laughs) way I cannot iconic I cannot do this so usually 10 minutes into almost all shows I fall asleep for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. wake back up and I'm I'm back in my body I attempted to revive after 10 minutes and I could not do it um how long was this this was half the show it was probably a 30 minute film 25 30 minutes Mm -hmm. so I can't say that I saw much of it yeah I would be lying if I sat here and tried and it was kind of documentary it was it was documentary theory history Uh film from 2002 and so Ugh. then that ended and there was a 10 minute intermission when the audience returns, then we have a projected film on the back wall for a few minutes that's juxtaposing a film from the 40s where black performers are doing incredibly virtuosic jitterbug dancing in a film. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of the screen, you have what, honestly, I should have done slightly more research before I went into this, but um, like wartime Europe uh, barracks vibes orphanage feeling <laughs> I honestly uh, I, I don't know could you say orphanage orphanage no, I'm not kidding <laughs> I'm like pillow fight feathers everywhere um, what black and white but so we're dealing with this like juxtaposition of like maybe the results of white fascism in Europe next to the results of because I have to say the black performers doing this incredible jitterbug dance are also dressed as the help. They're wearing like maids outfits and cooks outfits. And, and what we were to find out later is that the performers took umbrage with this, but this is what the filmmakers asked that they be wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the oppressor's hand at work in, you know, the white gaze on black excellence in early 20th century America. So we have those two things, and then the performance begins, and it's these two quartets of performers, um, many of whom have worked with Yvonne for a very long time, enacting various movements from the Jitterbug movie and showing how incredibly difficult they are. And it's out of context, and also there's voiceover talking about, which I believe was David Thompson doing the voiceover, who was also one of the performers in the show, and David Thompson doing... Um, oh, talking about the experience of like being black in America with various anecdotal stories and history. And then Kathleen Chalfont steps into the performance space at some point in the piece and starts screaming at the performers um, and saying like, why aren't you talking about the war? Why aren't you talking about global warming? Why aren't you talking about the crisis A, X, Y, and Z? And then Kathleen exits the space the performance more or less ends. Kathleen steps out again and reads some, I think, text, I think perhaps personal essay from Yvonne. And then the show ends with, you know, a, a, a visual imagery of water or something. Anyways, ap- apologies if I've got... Like you mean like a projected, projected video of water? Projected video of water. Uh-huh. Apologies if I've missed key features of the performance etc 
um, because what was to happen next ended up being the real show, which was the conversation, the talkback conversation. So the show's, okay, show's over at talkback. Show's over, okay. time for the talkback. It's Ooh, the, I just got chills. Bill T. Jones in conversation <laughs> with Yvonne Rayner. Uh-oh. So they set out chairs. Bill T. Jones is carried out onto the chair by his partner Bjorn because he seems to have some knee injury. Um, and then Yvonne takes her seat next to him and Bill begins the conversation after an apple box has been put under his leg by Bjorn by saying like, in lieu of time, I think it would be best if we just skip the conversation and open it up to questions from the audience. And one Mm -hmm. of the people, the facilitators, you know, the people who have the microphones in the audience who work for Nyla says, um, well, we have half an hour, Bill, so, you know, you can start with some, you could spend some time in conversation before we open it up to audience questions. So Bill's like, very well then. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to preface what I'm about to say by acknowledging that Bill T. Jones has been a guest on this podcast. And by also acknowledging that Bill T. Jones has done important uh, politically motivated work in the sphere of like avant-garde dance making in collaboration with Arnie, Arnie Zane. And also on (laughs) his own. And I will also acknowledge that it's, it's well known in the sphere of dance that Bill T. Jones is an abuser to his own company. Um, and, and has very manipulative practices in his lesson teaching. So when the Talkback begins and they they move into conversation. Bill T. Jones immediately takes the stance of why did you think that why why did you make a dance about racism? And it's initially posed as a question for Yvonne, who then talks about her relationship to her parents being both anarchists and racists and how that information in her body is something that at this point in her life she is examining through this work and Bill T. Jones is then asserting that it's not her place in the space of postmodern avant-garde dance making to do that to bring up this political idea into the space as a person in a white body and for a white audience. And Bill T. Jones does this by having them turn up the house lights and asking the audience, how many of you identify as black? Very few people raise their hand. And then Yvonne Rayner then asserts or, or questions Bill T. Jones in saying, well, Bill, what does your audience look like? To which Bill does have to acquiesce in a way, in a touche kind of way by basically being like, yes, my audience is also this like white intellectual downtown audience. So it's incredibly tense and it goes on for a very, very long time. And Bill is clearly incredibly provoked by what he's just seen and and feeling that it is not Yvonne Rayner's place to make work like this 
and how dare she? Meanwhile, it's already been like acknowledged at the beginning of the conversation. Yvonne Rayner is 88 years old. Bill T. Jones is 71 years old. Now, initially I thought, is everyone in their right mind when the conversation (laughs) began? Because I thought, wow, this seems incredibly provocative. Or like, I wasn't sure if they were in control of what they were about to do. And there was Mm. no moderator. Uh Uh-huh. And so it just went on and on. I mean, I have to say, I think it was about an hour long, this talk back, or nearly an hour. And it, by the time they opened it up to questions, it just became very clear that they weren't going to be able to reconcile um, on the topic of this dance in particular. Mm-hmm. And so they opened it up to questions, and audience members were, were very appreciative of, like, having the space activated in this really intense manner. Mm -hmm. And we're raising some interesting questions. And there was a teacher in the audience who'd brought a group of students from a CUNY school who was basically like, can you please try to explain to these students, like why this kind of performance matters and like what it does um, culturally and what it does in, in a, in a way to like make change. And what's so interesting is that this point in the conversation, I think both Bill T. Jones and Yvonne Rayner were feeling so pessimistic that they Mm -hmm. did not actually have a way of explaining the significance of what their work can do because they were basically like, well, look, Obama's not coming to our shows. And so, like, I don't really know. And I was thinking, like, what are you talking about? Like, there is a trickle-up effect in terms of... Well, like, I think that is a tremendously uh, problematic question in the sense of if the significance is not clear, then there's a kind of failure that's happening. Well, I think that this there it, the significance for me feels clear in knowing the history of this kind of work, which is that this kind of work informs the people who then go on to make work that is more populist and is actually seen uh-huh. by the population. Now, I'm not doubting that, you know, significant figures in politics are not seeing Yvonne Rayner's work. That's not, I mean, that is true. But there is an effect that the work has conceptually, politically, etc. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah, direct. Yeah. And right. so, nor is the work of Bill T. Jones. Right. For that matter. So I thought well, it's sort of it is sort of a, a characteristic of this downtown performance yes. universe. But it is was that, like it is it is niche and it is exclusive. Yes. Uh, but and it, that it, it was influence is uh, happens through through these kind of uh, webs of right. artistic uh, engagement. That's right. So I felt it was a missed opportunity to help these students understand and perhaps desire to see more of this kind of work. Mm-hmm. And then a, another young person. Well, that it's also this thing where um, it's, it's, I think the problem with Bill in this dynamic is that Bill is representing Bill instead of 
the institution that is presenting this work. Exactly. So he's not, he's not, he wasn't put there to, like, be a confrontational voice against the this maker of this piece. Right. But that's, insti- that's the position that he has right. taken. And his institution which, is presenting and supporting the making and performance of this work. Right. So it's, it's both, um, I mean, I farm prefer i would you know i would this in the same way it's like worth talking about here is like this is a far more interesting thing that happened and actually like uh things compelling things were said rather than a kind of uh dynamic of selling the show that just happened to people Mm -hmm. so like i kind of like the refusal of answering the question of like can you say why this is significant? Because it's, I'd be like, no. Okay. Because, but, but, but this is where someone, in someone in the role of like the curator or the, like that is their position to be like, this artist doesn't have to explain why this is significant because they're not making it, they're not necessarily certainly making it to have significance to anyone else, really. Right. Well, I think that was also part of what Bill T. Jones was taking issue with, was like, Yvonne, you've never, like, the work you've made in the past doesn't overtly address issues in the way that this particular piece does. Why now are you choosing to do this? It, I think he was pointing to, or propositioning that perhaps it was, she was tokenizing a moment, you know, this kind of political moment where people feel they must make comment on their own racist history and look there was there she did speak to the judson movement being inherently racist in the way that it did not include people of color um but all this to say the the last question of the night came from someone who um i guess was an nyu student and asked this question that Bill T. Jones then characterized as erudite having to do with making work in a time now of this kind of like neo-fascism and, Mm -hmm. and Yvonne was having trouble hearing the question. So Bill T. Jones asked that this person come down to the stage and ask the question directly to Yvonne. And while Yvonne attempted to answer the question, Bill T. Jones then started directing this person to do a dance behind Yvonne and rather than really listen to what Yvonne is saying, Bill T. Jones is now directing the trajectory of this person's movement behind Yvonne. So creating this its own kind of like postmodern performance happening simultaneous to her response to the question, but also like creating this atmosphere of chaos where nobody could actually hear what Yvonne was saying, which pointed toward Bill T. Jones' own extreme misogyny inside of the space of, like, not listening to a woman, rather disrupting this woman's response to a question. And also, both Bill T. Jones and Yvonne misgendering this person repeatedly. It was just, like, mm-hmm. an incredible. incredible shit show. It sounds amazing. I mean... It's so, it's, it's, 
I don't know. I keep coming back to this thing of like institutions versus artists versus people. Like the whole the whole premise of Bill saying that like you don't have the right to talk about this stuff. Like he gets to say that as a person, like that like as a as a you know, however he wants to characterize himself, like I don't believe that this is material that you should be talking about or I don't want to hear you talking about these Mm, issues mm -hmm. like that's totally valid everyone gets to like have that for themselves but extra bizarre because the institution that Bill runs literally presented this work right which is also maybe where he felt like he had to say it because he presented this work. Right. So it feels like some sense of, uh, of, of friction there between I mean, it's, what he it's, thinks. I mean, it's and... not the first time Bill has done this. I mean, I think he's had very contentious arguments with Jessica Cook, who was being supported in a process by Nyla. He's done this with Kimberly Bartosik, who apparently did a video interview with Bill that was not even, they've like, they sort of, what's that they trashed it or they didn't put Scrapped it up it. they they didn't put it up online yeah, they didn't put it because up, it no. got too contentious so i think this is kind of bill's shtick and um honestly i'm like so much more here for like contentious uh dialogue conversation yeah. about these things i mean i certainly was very activated and had a, I also, a very also like, what seems damning about the piece is that this conversation was more interesting. Oh yeah, for you sure. You know, so like that's where I'm like, yeah, I, this is sort of often like <laughs> how I feel about these shows where but, I'm like, but Jeremy, uh-huh. what is problematic is that yet while that may be true, Bill's response, Bill has responsibility to this work, and what he did not do was point towards the excellence of Yvonne's past or even the excellence of what was occurring on stage in terms of the people we were watching and their histories. Yes, absolutely. completely denied the experience of all the people who worked to make that show. Right, so right. It, it, this, yeah, I get, but again, it's, this is because Bill took, took the role as an artist and not as like an institution leader right. or a mediator. That's why, and that's why he was like, I can't take that role here because I, t- I feel too like, personally offended by what has just been right. presented but that be, that, so let's it, just do q a it became you know clear like, very quickly that that was just a gesture to open a space into this performance he was about to give uh-huh uh-huh um because you know well but that isn't that also the situation where like nyla exists for bill to do bill's work not the, you know, it's like this is sort of the facade yes. around like being able to have a company is like running studios and right. presenting work. Well, and stuff. The, the, this institution is there both to support Bill's own interest and company, but also to support the interests and work of other people. And I well, think that supposedly this structure of Bill kind of um, disrupting or being in conversation about is interesting. It is interesting, but also, why not? Because it's clear that Bill, I'm sure, was prepared to hate this work or to take issue with it. Have someone else do the conversation with Yvonne Rayner. 
you know? I mean, I'm not, I'm glad this happened. Like I had quite an experience at the theater and that one that I'll always remember. Um, so in that way, yes, I, I'm in, interested in this structure of Bill being in conversation with these artists, <laughs> but I am also like gross. Like, can you not yeah, yeah, be yeah. like that? Can you not right, like right. abuse people in this way? Like continue anyways, the things that I know that Bill T. Jones mm-hmm. has done to dancers mm-hmm. kind of also color my feelings about what this performance was. And also it, I think it's it's clear to me that most of the people in the audience understood what was going on. And and the very last thing that happened, which was bizarre, was that Bill and Yvonne, in a kind of embrace of, like, making up, he was like, you understand what I mean, Yvonne, about, like, how, you know, my body inherently in a space does not have the kind of abstract possibilities that yours does because if i do a gesture like this and he held up he held a fist up out like black power gesture he was like it has very he was like and you do it as well it has a completely different implication and connotation when I do it, as opposed to when you do it, when I do it, there's a kind of power or violence to it. And when you do it, it can merely just be a gesture, a shape, a form, etc. And then he did this bizarre and crazy thing, which is that, <clears throat> and, and I think that his point he was making was interesting, right? Like how how a person's identity in the space can really impact the meaning of the movements they're doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then he, while they were both sort of like, you know, they were side by side, sort of like with arms around each other's backs, but with one arm out in this black power gesture, Bill looks at Yvonne, he, he unfurls his fingers. So now he has a straight, hand reaching out into space he goes but you see now the implication and the meaning changes drastically because now he's doing a Heil Hitler and and the implication of like it, it became at that point incredibly confusing and someone in the audience was like no they were just like they were like that's different no, there was this really aggressive pushback to him bringing that gesture into the space as a comparison, huh. as a point of comparison to what he was doing. Because the black power gesture is a gesture of solidarity in a, a, in a, of an oppressed <clears throat> group of people, whereas Heil Hitler... But that wasn't the point. The point was that uh, the gesture... <clears throat> something different on a different body. Yes, but on on his body or <clears throat> anyway, you're right. That is exactly what he Which, was like, doing. Which like the the Heil Hitler thing is doesn't actually. It's it kind of transcends exactly. The body. And and I I'm not totally clear on on what he was doing with that, but it definitely provoked people 
and was a bizarre way to end this already insane talk back. Um, so that's, I mean, that's the picture I'm painting for you of this, of this crazy thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I feel like part of what it gets so crazy in like these, <laughs> these performances that, I mean, what I pictured this performance, this Yvonne Rayner performance being is pretty like abstract uh kind of this and that put together mm-hmm. s- sort of pointing at something vaguely it's it seems pretty like vague which i'm not i'm sort of like that's kind of downtown performance in the mm-hmm. sense of like the point isn't to like solve problems or say like this thing is this thing like broadway loves to do that like right. You know, a, you know, a, I don't know, just like A to Z, we've, we've solved this story. Everything's tied up at the end. (laughs) Like, enjoy your dinner, like, you know, whatever. Versus like, what did I just see? Like, what is this? Yeah. The kind of like mystery, the, the, and the hope of like opening up something. And, and that's where I feel like this talk back is both like simultaneously this uh, like more interesting version of the show, but is also the result of the show. Yeah. So you also have to credit the show with creating the talkback. Mm. So, which is sort of like what you were saying with the, like the, the significance question. It's like this, this work is there to open dialogues around stuff that isn't being talked about right. or is being, or is being like kind of uh, shut down by people making these like statement works in the mainstream that are like, this is this. Right. Um, so like problematizing these things, like creating problems yeah. for that people can see and, well, and try to right. find solutions for You're right. it. So, it did do that. It did do that for sure. You know, I'm also, you know, it's interesting because I, you know, the, there's this, in in the research that Jack and I did at the AIDS Oral History Project, there's, in our presentation, there was this clip from, uh, this news clip about uh, AIDS and the arts and people not talking about people having AIDS in, like, at, at New York City Ballet, basically mm-hmm. just being like, no, we don't have... Uh, we don't have that here. <laughs> um, no, we're just beautiful dancers with perfect everything. Thank you so much. And and also, like, it's an interview with with Arnie Zane and Bill T. Jones. And Arnie being like, no, we're going to talk about this. And Bill being like, I don't think we should because this might affect our funding. Right. So that thing of, like, the institutionalized... Uh, aspect of performance making and like the donors and these dynamics is but also the reality of like these being gay men at a time where they're like ostracized beyond especially with AIDS you know Mm. they're like trying to be pushed out completely like eliminated and like trying to run a company under those circumstances, mm-hmm. like it makes I empathize with Bill's position as well. 
Mm. You know, Arnie is the clear, like, hero. Yeah. But, but Bill's also, like, making, without Bill and that kind of drive, they're not even famous enough to have on TV. Right. To, like, have this article, this, like, news story about. So, I, I, you know, and then, like, not to, like, say that, uh, hurting people is okay but there is also a you know mentioning their ages and like there is a generational dynamic at play that I think is good to see and to like move away from and to learn but still to learn from these older generations and dynamics and like who do we want to be how do we want to have conversations like honestly like this sounds better to this kind of dynamic sounds more interesting and like more helpful than these kind of mediated dead talkbacks that are really just sales pitches about like this artist aren't they so great isn't this also like cool aren't you glad you paid seventy five dollars <throat> to see this show show Aye. um so and 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 it's not like you don't need this kind of like um abusive potentially dynamic between people to have that i'm not Mm. saying that Mm. um certainly uh but i do think there's like a thing of like honesty and uh directness and uh first this is like a you know kind of like uh cancel culture like don't say anything don't offend anyone but you just can't talk and do that right like you're going to offend people and that's not like why you're saying the things that's stupid. like maybe it is, but um it's people have different people are coming to th- people have different bodies, people have different histories, people have are coming to things with different contexts, yeah, and like that's what's great about this thing of like Bill's coming to this work from a very different context, yes, uh so. Did, did it make sense for there not to be, like, a third party who's maybe a little, like, more oh. removed and could hold, like, that aspect of both of these artists sitting together? Right. <laughs> right. Um, it probably would have helped. But also maybe it would have hindered well, the insanity. It, yeah, it wouldn't it. have been as crazy. Um, I do hope that this i mean it's filmed so i i imagine this interview will be at some point at the new york public library (laughs) but i do hope there's writing done about it i'm curious to hear like um other people's experience of it because i i'm not equipped to really process it uh in 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 as much detail as i might like to so i'd like to I would love to read about it, actually. Yeah. Um, anyways, I also saw Kimberly Bartosik's show at FIAF in the Sky Room. It's always great to see shows in that space. Mm-hmm. Wonderful performers, really beautiful sound, lighting. Um, um, what else did I see? I tried to go see New York City Ballet yesterday. They were doing the fashion gala program, but it was sold out, so I did not see that. Um and that's that's kind of it. That was my week. Oh, here's a question: Who makes who makes those um, 
costumes. The New York City Ballet Costume Shop. They they do make them. Yeah, they make them. Oh, work. Yeah, they really made some incredibly fancy, fancy things. Yeah, because there's a, like a YouTube thing. <clears throat> oh, yeah, the 10 a, years. A beautifully produced little. 10 yeah. years of the fashion. And I was like, wow, they make those in-house? Yeah. Pretty. They do them all in-house. Major. I know. Some of um, the processes have been pretty intense, like the plastic mm, wedges. Right. Ears, I mean, it's wild. Yeah. Oh, ah. it's great. Art. Ah. Art making. I was like, y'all should be wearing those white coats like the Europeans do. They really, so, so they chic. really do that. They really do that sometimes. Um, Dior vibes. Dior, honey. They, they, they were, when this woman named Ida used to run the Miami City Ballet costume shop, and she mm-hmm. was, she was very melodramatic. And she had uh, all of her employees wearing lab coats in the shop at Miami City Ballet. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it was nice and misleading. It was misleading. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but misleading in kind of the right direction. Well, you know, it was like she was putting on a show called My Couturier, but it was, um, <laughs> it was a mess. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not, you know, it's not that complicated to have people wear white coats. Like, it's not, like, distracting from doing good work. No, you know? but it's a, it's a trick. It's an illusion. Yeah. But I, I feel like illusions can help move us towards realities. Right, maybe the lab coats push them towards trying to be really good at their job, you know? Yeah, this is what I mean. Yeah. At least have some kind of, like, uh aspiration yeah even if you're not there dress for the what is it job you dress want? for success <laughs> dress for success okay Jamie. oh wow. Wow, wow wow i i i that was that was quite the downtown moment i'm Absolutely glad you were there um we'll talk more about television and film next week i'm going to try to see the film tar people are talking about it. oh yes i want to see it yeah i love an insane also like in the bedroom was so good and like the other Todd Field movies excellent oh so. right in the bedroom that was grim 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 and that ch- I think he also made that children little children or something I don't know what it's called what? I think with Kate Kate Blanchett or not not Kate Blanchett um with a uh, Titanic Kate Winslet and um that guy's name who's like totally disappeared clive owen uh patrick wilson patrick, patrick wilson? wilson is that a person's name yes from that excellent episode of girls yes but what was this film about i think it was called little children and it's like i think it's a sort of uh um, they were a couple it's a domestic an affair drama. kind yeah. of thing i did yeah. see this i do not recall it very well but it was good beautiful 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 yeah so all that bodes well for like the the vibes of this film drama well i'm rushing up to city center now to do a fitting for liz gearing if you're up in boston in a couple weeks go see her show at the ica oh great ica ica um and uh, i'm sorry to leave you like this jeremy but we love you i love it we've been doing this so long okay we'll see you next week have a good one